It's season three here at the Preacher's Recap, and this is Pastor Ryan at Rocky Face Baptist Church. And thank you so much for listening and continuing with us on this journey. Well, I'm excited about season three. We're going to get a little bit deeper into the Bible and share with you uh, not just a preaching recap, but that's what we're going to do, but just share a little more insight. And uh, these episodes in season three are going to be a little bit longer uh, than season one and two. We averaged about seven minutes, uh, but these are intended in season three to get a little bit deeper. And so let's jump, let's go ahead and jump along inside here. Today, we're going to look at this thought of a message I preached uh, last year, excuse me, 2000. Uh, 20, uh, probably in the May or June timeframe during COVID. And uh, I preached a message entitled, A Famine in the Land. And I want to read to you from the book of Hebrews is where we're going to be at today. And uh, you'll be glad to go ahead and grab a copy of God's Word and follow along. But in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, God, who at sundry times... That word sundry, or I usually say sundry, I'm not really sure how it's pronounced, but it means at various places and at various times. In other words, God speaks to people at different times and in different ways. It says, And in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, that's Jesus, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So the book of Hebrews, many people, or I'd say most people, do not know who wrote the the book of Hebrews. Uh, in In a study Bible that I have that I'm reading from right now, it says the epistle of Paul to the apostle, or of, excuse me, to the Let me say it again. The epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Hebrews. But we really don't know who wrote the Hebrews because Paul doesn't open uh, his book like he typically does from his apostleship and authoritarian uh, mindset. But I don't think that's the point of this. The book of Hebrews really is the glue of the Old Testament and the New Testament to, to validate uh, that God's workings through His people is through the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 1, he says, Hey, listen, God's spoken to different people, to the leaders, uh, to the fathers, to the Old Testament Jews, but He taught to them through prophets. He used a mediator to speak to the people. And in verse 2, it says, In these last days, that speaks, of course, of New Testament times as well, as in time. He speaks to us through his son. And I love verse 2 because it says that he appointed the heir of all things. And so an heir, as far as uh, receiving what the father has, they get all the provision, they get all the money, they get all the land, they get all the uh, notoriety, they get all the benefits that come with that. So not only does God give his son the ability to speak to us, he gives him all the authority to speak to us. And uh, he says this authority in the last part of the verse is by whom he also made the world. So it's not just an heir. Jesus is not just the son of God uh, who is just, uh, I don't want to say this 
you know, inappropriately here is like a spoiled brat born with a silver spoon in his mouth. That's not what he's saying at all. He's actually saying that he actually was part of building the world. Jesus Christ was part of their creation. So he is he is uh, entitled to be the heir of all things. So the point of the matter is this. God has given Jesus all the ability and authority to speak to us. The message that I preached was entitled, A Famine in the Land. So what is a famine? It means to uh, be a time of uh, great drought, a time of with being without. And in this land that I believe with all my heart that God has uh, uh, really caused here, and, and we've caused it too, is that we have a famine, not of bread, but the bread of life. We have a famine of the Word of God. And I see in the book of Hebrews, I've spent a lot of time studying Hebrews. It's, uh, I told my church it's probably my favorite book of the Bible right now. Uh, but Hebrews, I see as I progress through the book, I see a digression uh, as we move along through the Word on how we, people in general, could be Christians or lost people, treat the Word of God. So I want to give you five things this morning or this afternoon or this evening, depending on when you're watching or listening to this rather, of how we know that there is a famine in the land with the Word of God. The first thing shows up in the drifting of the Word of God, the drifting away of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God, also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. So we see here in chapter number two that we ought to not let what we've heard drift away, to slip away. I was reminded of a TV show. I, I love survival TV shows. I love people living out in the bush and in the wilderness and in the jungles and trying to live and trying to survive. And uh, there was a show that I was watching that uh, these guys had uh, tied up a boat outside of Alaska uh, where they have the tides, the high tide and the low tide, but they didn't tie it off real well. They weren't steadfast in tying up the boat. And what happened when they come back the next day to get on the boat and go fishing, the boat was gone from the shore and it was out way out uh, into the ocean. And uh, they had to go take another boat to, to barely find it. And so the point of this is there was a drifting because there was not a steadfastness about them. And so we see in the Word of God here is that their famine of the Word of God comes, number one, when we start drifting from it. When we say, you know what, I'm too busy today to spend time in God's Word. I've got too much to do. I've got too much with the kids. I've got too much with work. I've got too much going on in the garden. I've got too much responsibility, too much things i got to follow up with, too many things to fix. And so we, we take the priority of the Word of God down because we see the priority of something else more important than that. And so what that is, is it's a drifting 
that's beginning. And if we're not careful, the high tides and low tides of life will allow us to drift away from God's Word. And that's just the beginning of a famine of the Word of God. Number two, in Hebrews chapter 3, we see the doubting of the Word. And when you're drifting from the Word, it will lead to a doubting of the Word. I've seen it so many times. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. In verses 7 through 12, the Bible says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of the temptation of the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. When you and I, we not just drift away for the night, but we start taking a longer period of time away from God's Word. I'm talking about not a vacation, but I'm talking about a slow move away. It will move from a drifting from the Word of God to doubting the Word of God. You'll say amen and shout the victory on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. But I promise you, as your kids get older and times get tougher and lives get busier and works go longer, that you start slipping up on the Wednesday night. You start slipping up on the Sunday night. You'll start slipping up on the Sunday school. You'll barely make it into the Sunday morning. And so you're not just drifting from the Word of God. It will cause you to doubt the Word of God. I promise you, friend, I deal with this almost every week in counseling people that the folks who are struggling with God are the people who are away from God. It's not the people that are in and out of the Bible all the time. It's the ones that's in and out in the world all the time that causes them to doubt the Word. There is a famine that is coming, and it is a famine of the Word of God. So number one, drifting from the Word, Hebrews 2. Number two, doubting of the word, Hebrews 3. And in Hebrews chapter number 5, we're going to look this dullness that happens because of the word. This dullness where God's word just doesn't seem to move into people's life. Listen to what the Bible said in Hebrews 5, uh, verse number 11 and following. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Currently at the time that I uh, am doing this podcast, I have a steel chainsaw that I love to do projects with. It's it's not a, a big chainsaw. I can cut down small trees and branches and so on and so forth. But what I've realized is that I have to keep that chain sharp. I have to sharpen it from time to time because what happens is, is I'm uh, sawing a tree down. I get too low and accidentally hit the dirt. That will dull it. Uh, If you actually uh, cut so much uh, wood without time, it will dull it. And that's the same thing with the Word of God because we're not exercising the Word of God. Like James said, be not just a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word. That is exercising that which we have heard. It will become dull. And friend, 
uh, just like a chainsaw, it needs lubricating oil to not uh, burn up the chainsaw. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need to have a sharp blade so we can cut through the problems that this life offers us. But when we are not reading and heeding the Word of God, we are dulling our spiritual senses and we're going to be of no effect. Uh, I even tried it the other day. We had a huge tree cut down uh, last year and uh, we left pretty high of a stump there and I was wanting to cut out the stump a little bit and I took that chainsaw out. It was uh, fueled up. It had the right gas, had the right oil mix. It had the right uh, lubricating oil. I had my safety gear on. Everything is good. I cranked up the chainsaw, took it to that stump, but I couldn't get through. It was like I was trying to cut it with a butter knife because it was not sharp. So I'm going to have to go back and sharpen that chain to be able to cut up that stump just like that. We're going to have to get exercised and sharp in the Word of God to allow God's Word to do a work in us. But you know what, friend, folks? are having an unhealthy diet of the Word of God, and they are dull to the Word of God. Every week, I preach several times a week, I preach my heart out, but I can see the dullness that the Word of God is on people. And so, just like the text here in Hebrews chapter 5, they are really babes in Christ. They cannot handle this truth because of the dullness of their spiritual condition. So the drifting, doubting, dullness, and what that leads to, if we're not careful, in Hebrews chapter 10, is a despising of the Word. Is it possible for a Christian to hate the Word of God? I'd say yes, that if you're in a place, if you're feeding your flesh off sin, and you're not walking with God, uh, there'll be time when truth is given your way that you just despise that thing. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 28, the Bible says, He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be through though worthy, who hath trodden under the foot of the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified as an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace? For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the, pe- the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God today. I believe that there'll be a time uh, as we experience more of a famine of the Word of God in our land, that there'll be more of a despising of the Word of God. And friends, I see it all of the time. The world certainly hates the Bible. They're trying to get rid of it. They're trying to uh, do away with it. But I'm seeing churches as well, uh, especially denominationally focused churches. are always trying to cater to the world, and they're always trying to uh, uh, to be right where Hollywood is or where right where the White House is and uh, try to change policies to try to do that. And there's some the things that we need to do to do that. We're living in the time now in 2022 when I'm uh, recording this that uh, sexual abuse issues in churches of all shapes and sizes and denominations is a major, major issue. I'm not saying that we shouldn't deal with that and address that. We certainly should. Uh, But the truth of the matter is this, that the Word of God will make a church right. It'll make a preacher right. It'll make the people right. And we just need to get back into the Bible. We need to teach it and preach it. Rightly divide the word of truth. And if the people don't like it, 
that's fine. You keep preaching what thus saith the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, every jot, every tittle, get in there because the word of God will get in their hearts and change their lives. But we're living in a place where famine is coming because there's a despising of the Word of God. It happened to the nation of Israel. It's happened to folks you see in the New Testament. I think of Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts and uh, how they just did not love God with 100% of heart. They made a commitment to man and deep down inside they held back part of that. God was not honored. And friends, I'm telling you, we need to get back to the Bible. We're facing a famine in the Word of God. The last thing I want to share with you uh, today is there is a drifting of the word a that leads to a doubting of the word that moves to a dullness towards the word that will lead eventually to the despising of the word to where I'm afraid that we're in Hebrews chapter 12 here today where there's an actual defying the word of God. That is to do completely exactly opposite even though that you know not to. Defying of the word. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 25 through 29, the Bible says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once shall I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably and reverently in godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And so let us not be ones uh, who's not shaken and, and stirred, but not doing anything. But actually, let's not be one who defies the Word of God. You know, the Bible tells us that if we do that which God tells us not to do to us, it is sin. And it's not about a sin to ourselves or a sin to someone else. It is a sin to our God. And if we ever, ever can get to the place where we recognize what our sin does to our Heavenly Father, it would truly change the way that we live. It really would. But the fact of the matter is this. We do not a lot of times live under this recognition that God truly is moved by our sin or He doesn't care. You know, we've always got grace and all that. Well, you know what? God will shake it once again, and uh, he's going to certainly do that one day. So there is a famine in the land when folks are defying the Word of God, and uh, we've got to be very careful on that. So let's wrap up today. A famine in the land. So how should I return? We recognize this drifting that leads to a defying. What should we do? Well, we need to listen to the Lord. That's obvious. Psalm 85 eight. I'll hear what God, uh, the Lord, will speak, for he will speak uh, t- uh, peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly or to, to foolishness there. So let's listen to the Lord. Let's open up our Bibles again and say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant uh, listeneth. Let's conform to his commandments. Number two, Jeremiah seven twenty three. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I'll be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk ye in the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. So listen to the Lord, and then conform to his commandments. And uh, I wrote this in my in my notes from uh, Hebrews chapter twelve and. 
1 and 2, you got to jog to Jesus. Get to him as fast as you can. Uh, verse 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, uh, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Open up our Bible and listen. Do what God's Word says and get to Jesus, and that will help us have a feast in a land that is famined of the Word of God. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you today.